Hello, welcome to the L3 Podcast, a podcast production of the Michigan Ministry Network designed and focused to help ministers and church leaders live healthy lives, lead thriving churches, and launch into the communities around them. I'm your host, Aaron Halavin, and we're excited to be with you today. Well, I am excited today to have uh, a friend, great friend, and special guest, Cam Oberlin, with us today. Cam, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, it's, I appreciate you having me. It's an honor to be here with you. Excited to have you. And uh, today, our subject matter is going to be talking about how to move a vision forward with little resources. You know, it's one of yeah. the challenges of many churches is big vision and small resources. And uh, I want you to share just briefly so people know the history. You've been at two churches, and yep. uh, both of them have started with meager means and uh, big vision and, and limited resources. Why don't you give us a little background history of your journey in pastoral ministry? Yeah, absolutely. So my wife and I, we've been married for uh, 25 years. We have four kids, and uh, we've been able to go through this journey with our, our family. I was actually a late bloomer in my faith, mm -hmm. got uh, really excited about God in my late 20s, and then he called me to ministry. And the first church we took was up in Onaway, northern, rural, northern Michigan. And it was a lead pastorate role, so it you walked was, right into ministry was. at a lead pastorate role. That right? was in 2010, yeah. and we had the blessing of leading that church for 12 years. Yeah. And then in April of last year, uh, God called us to Greater Lansing first and East Lansing. Yeah. So we're starting a new journey. Go green, Michigan State. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you better become a Spartan fan now. Right? I already was. Okay, already good, was. good. We're right, good. right, right, right. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about those early days at, at Onaway and as as well as uh, Greater Lansing of uh, some of the hurdles you've had to walk through. Sure. So in Onaway, I, and I, actually both churches, uh, they'd both been through some tough struggles. Mm -hmm. Transitions were not uh, real great. And so really small group of people, you know, in Onaway, when we took that church, I think there was about 15 people yeah. and all of them hurting. Yeah. Uh, and then Greater Lansing First, um, they were running about 30, 40 people at the time. And, and equally and hurting. equally hurting. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. What's it like to, what's it like to pastor a church when you walk in with limited amount of resources, uh, people resources, uh, financial resources, um, buildings that need to be paid for. I know Greater Lansing is a much larger building and yeah. certainly has uh, challenges. What's it like to pastor? Uh, just for those who are listening, uh, other pastors and leaders and uh, even missionaries overseas, they're listening and they're saying, uh, put into words what I, what I experience when I'm pastoring a church that has significant challenges. Overwhelming. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's a legit feeling and the uh, amount of amount of faith you have to to walk through yeah. is incredible, uh, but it's necessary. Right, you know you've got to walk into that church with an energy and a passion and and a level of faith that's uh, that the people in that church can grab onto. Yeah. And I'm not saying I've always done it <laughs> perfectly, <laughs> right. uh, but I've noticed that the more the more energy and the more passion that I can put towards the vision and towards what I believe God wants to do in that church, the easier it is for the people in that church to, to grab a hold of that and just mm -hmm. begin to see hope. That's good. What's uh, what, when you, when you walk in with that energy and that, that faith, um, does it sometimes, do you just shift your spirit to that or does it at times feel, uh, like you have to muster that up. I mean, talk about that when the reality doesn't match your dream 
Yeah. Uh, how do you, how do you stay positive? I don't mean fake it, but how do you keep that momentum in your own spirit going as you're trying to create that momentum in your own local church? I think the two things that I can think of that have been pivotal for me, one would have to be calling. Yeah. Uh, you, you've got to know you're called, right? not only the pastor, but the pastor of that church. And I can remember uh, probably the worst moment early on in my time up north. I had a accountant come to me. And she said, uh, Pastor, I'm so sorry. Even though uh, the account statement that I gave you said you're 10,000, uh, you know, above in general fund, it's actually 10,000 in the negative. Oh my! And so, right. and for oh. a small church like that, that's that's our entire budget. Right. That's everything. Right. And to be 10,000 in the hole, and then on top of that, we had shingles flying off the roof. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the roof needed to be replaced, of which course. was going to cost 10,000 just to do it, just for resource the materials for us to do it. Yeah. And I remember sitting in my office and and just thinking, God, I want to quit. Right. I want to walk away. Right. And my calling, I knew God had called me there and I knew God wasn't going to leave me there. Right. <laughs> and so I just laid, that, laid the church at God's feet in that moment. And I just said, God, I'm trusting you to get us through this. And I had to take that to the pulpit. Right. Okay, guys, we're going to trust God to get us through <laughs> right. because God's amazing. Right. And, and he did. And yeah. I can't tell you how. I honestly can go back and look at that four-month period, and I don't know how it happened because I, by the end of that year, not only did we get the roof replaced, but our general fund ended up ten or 15000 in the positive by the end of that year. Right. And it was through nothing short of a miracle. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, I think that's key is you said something about calling and you know, uh, just my personal opinion is a lot of uh, what I hear now is not about calling. It's about opportunities. And people say, sure. well, it's a better opportunity over there. And and uh, when pastors call and say, hey, I'm ready to transition, I say, did God release you from the church? And if they say no, I say, then why are we having a going conversation? And <laughs> I think that's really key. So all the pastors who are in churches with significant issues, remember God called you there. And uh, what Cam's teaching us is, is that even when the difficult times come, it's that calling that spurs you on and that trust in God that if he calls you, he'll equip you and he'll provide for you. What's it like, uh, Cam, when you've got big vision and limited resources, um, you know, how do you accomplish big vision in small ways? How do you move and advance that, you know, uh, limited resources, you know, when you go from 10,000, you think you have to 10,000, you don't have and shingles that are 10,000, that's a $30,000 swing emotionally, at least financially, it was what it was, but it's you know, a big emotional swing. Um, what's it like to have big vision and limited resources? Is it frustrating? Is it exciting? Is is it a mix? Is it, What are you in touch with on a regular basis? Yeah, I don't know if excitement would be the word. I, use. <laughs> I mean, exciting at the opportunity. <laughs> no, certainly, right, right, exactly. Uh, I take that back. <laughs> uh, you know, I guess if you enjoy a good challenge, it's definitely the place to be. Right. Um, but it's, it's, it's getting to that place of, you know, we preach it from the pulpit all the time. Trust God, trust God, trust God. Yeah. And, and when, you're, when you're looking at a giant vision and you don't have the resources to fulfill it, you really don't have an option. Right. I got to trust God. Right. Uh, there's a phrase that I've been using, and I try, to, I try to use it often in the pulpit, and it's, everybody uses it, but it's but God. Yeah. You know, you, you say that thing that's like seems impossible. You say, you talk about that, that sickness that someone has, and you don't see how it's going to go well. But God, right. but God is going right. to show up. Right. And I think if we can instill that in our church, right. 
and first in our own selves. Right. Uh, but God, yeah. God will show up. If God gives you a vision, he wants you to get to it. Right. And I believe that. Uh, but God, uh, when I, we took Greater Lansing first just last year, and I've been seeking God for vision for our church. Going from rural northern Michigan to a bigger city right. was kind of overwhelming for me. It's a totally different way of reaching your community. Absolutely. Uh, and so I remember just sitting in my office in East Lansing and just thinking, God, how are we even going to reach East Lansing? And then my mentors started kind of challenging me with that. Are you going to limit God to just East Lansing? Right. And I had to wrestle with it. And in a in a worship, time of worship, it just came over me and I just felt... I felt this. Uh, I just felt this. I felt uh, God. I am claiming greater Lansing for the great I am. Right. Ooh, I love. And that. that became a passion of mine. Yeah. Because God instilled it in me. I love. And because it. I'm not limiting God, it's easy for me to look at East Lansing and say, "This that's a big enough city. I don't even know how I'm going to reach that." Right. But that's not the vision God's given me. Right. And so now I've got to say, "Okay, God, <laughs> Greater Lansing. That's 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 a lot. That's substantial. Yeah. yeah. But God. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but God, you can do it. And that's that. I love that. And I, I think what we have to do is have that vision from God to trust God to fulfill yeah. that vision. As you do so, you know, part of what your challenge is is you have to create a new culture. You have to present a clear and inspiring vision. Sometimes you don't know how to accomplish it. What are some practical things that pastors can do who are recalibrating a church? And we use the word recalibrate in the Michigan Ministry Network. Um, revitalize is a national term. I, I personally just don't like the term revitalize. It suggests something isn't vital. And I think every church of every size is vital to Amen. the kingdom. So Amen. we've shifted that to a recalibration uh, model. But how, how do you do that? Uh, what are some practical things pastors can do to accomplish the needs in a a frugal and yet uh, still with excellence to be able to accomplish the vision in a powerful and successful way without sacrificing quality that people deserve, yeah. but in a way that you can afford and a way that you can move in stages along the way. What's you did it at Onaway. I can just tell you for those who are listening, I've preached in Onaway. Uh, you, you did a fantastic job leading that church. I know it wasn't just you. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know uh, Cam's wife, uh, uh, she's amazing. She and is. the team they had there was amazing. And the board and the church, it's a team effort, but, but you were the head of that. Um, how have you been able to do that? Uh, and how do you do that? What's advice you give pastors on how to do excellence in ministry in a frugal way when resources are limited? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I know each church is going to have its own unique factors, but I think there are several things that you can do. One, I'm going to, I stole this from one of my coaches is, uh, and he calls this a, he called it a three parallel track. Okay. These are three things that need to run together. And that's your preaching calendar, mm -hmm. which I wasn't real great at, <laughs> <laughs> but your preaching calendar needs to run with your vision. Right. Uh, you should have, you know, three to four of your series every year yeah. should be revolving around the vision of your church or some aspect of some aspect of it, your yeah, core values, yeah. whatever it is you're running towards your events calendar yeah. should be in line with your vision. Absolutely. The things that you do as a church better fall within your vision. Right. If you really want to reach that vision and then your budget, right? That budget better be set towards you. You be, you need to provide the finances for your vision. Right. And those three things have to run in tandem. So preaching event and budget yeah. all must work together yeah. to accomplish the vision. What happens if one part of that is not being accomplished? It's 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 like 
a four wheel vehicle and taking one of the wheels off. Right. It's, it's really, you know, if you're, if your budget is preset, you know, it's, you haven't touched your budget. It has nothing to do with your vision. When you go to do an event that has to do with your vision and you don't have the finances for it, that, that hinders what you're able to do. Right. Um, it gets you out of alignment. It's yeah, exactly. What other advice do you have? So I think one of the things that I learned early on was, especially when you're trying to reach a vision and have limited finances, your church people have a passion. Mm. They have passions for certain things. If you can tap into those passions and they fall within that vision, you will gain a momentum that you can't, you can't pay for that, Ooh, that momentum. That. That's so good. Say that one more time. That's really good. <laughs> if, if you want to tap into the passion of your people, as, if it falls within the vision of your church, yeah. you can't pay for that kind of momentum. That's, that's so good, man. That's so good. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, up north, the community revolved around kids. Mm-hmm. It just did. It's a small community. I don't, if you don't know, Onaway is a population of 750 people. Right. Uh, somebody, it, it, somebody told me when I was there, the reason it's called Onaway is because it's on the way to someplace else. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's what they say, but somebody said that to me. So. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it was interesting, though, because we we decided that the school was going to become a big focus of our church. Right. And it didn't take a lot of resources to make an impact. Right. One of the simplest things we did was went to the, the elementary school principal and said, what is some of the biggest needs you have that we could help? Yeah. And one of them was, we never can have enough Kleenex boxes in our classrooms. And so we said, how many Kleenex boxes do you use in an entire school year in all your classrooms? Right. It was 500. That's it. That's okay. it. Yeah. So we went to the dollar store. Don't buy cheap ones. We got, <laughs> you know, two ply tissues. We bought 500 boxes of, of Kleenex for 500 bucks. We printed off mailing labels. And all it said was provided by your friends at Awaken Church. Wow. And we gave it and gave it to each classroom. Awesome. Honestly, the biggest win was putting all those cases of Kleenex on the stage on Sunday morning and saying, yeah. you guys did this. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so celebrating that. So yeah, part, of, part of the way you create that momentum is to celebrate the small things you do in big ways. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? A hundred percent. Yeah. I love that. You know, I, I think, uh, I think what you said might be one of the greatest keys for anybody in ministry to tap into the natural passions of your people that fit within the vision and do small things with big excellence and celebrate. Yeah. Talk about how important that celebrating factor yeah. is. Absolutely. I, one of the things that God put on my heart years ago was this this phrase, just one more. Mm. And I think one of the things I struggled with the most when I first took that church, I came out of large churches, right. grew up big churches, went to big churches. And to go into a small community like that, it was hard to take the big church vision right. and apply it to a tiny little church in a small town. There's so much value in a small church right. in a small town. Absolutely. Uh, the, the impact you can have on a community is amazing. Yeah. I want, I hope, I hope we can encourage some pastors today. If you are pastoring and I think even say small church, the average size church and probably in Michigan, uh, you have an amazing opportunity to impact your community. Yeah. But I would say it's one person at a time. I love that. Because I looked at that church and I thought, man, we could be running 200 people. How do we get to 200 people? Well, it's just one more. Right. One at a time. I look at the parable that Jesus shared you know, he, he left the 99, the shepherd left the 99 to go after the one. 
And what I think is amazing about those parables is it's actually not focused on the one. Mm. It's focused on the celebration. Yeah. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and the, and the religious leaders who are chastising Jesus for hanging out with sinners. And he's saying, look, I want to invite you to come celebrate too. Right. <laughs> this right. is a celebration. Right. You guys shouldn't be getting mad. You should be celebrating. And I think that's something we can do better as pastors in our churches mm. is celebrating that one. Because if God's given us a vision for a church to be 200 or right. 2,000, we're not going to get there 200 or 2,000 at a time. It's going right. to be one at a time. Right. Oh, so I every that. time that one person gets saved, every time that one person gets baptized, yeah. you need to teach your church, okay, we're going to celebrate. Right. We're going to rejoice. Right. Because Jesus didn't abandon the 99 in the wilderness. Right. That's where the sheep were anyway. They're safe. He's inviting them to celebrate, yeah. to rejoice, because this is what... The kingdom's all about. I love that. And you know what? And it's about celebrating. And I know this about you, so I, I think you'll agree with this. It's not about celebrating your success as a pastor no. or the success of uh, some goal you created. It's celebrating the right things. I think we've lost a lot of momentum in our churches of all sizes because we celebrate organizational success, not yeah. individual people and mission success. Amen. It becomes, hey, our budget grew by $5,000. Okay, that's great. But what's the impact of that five thousand? That's what we need to get back to. So you're you're saying like you did this with these tissue boxes, <laughs> and look what we are doing together. It's not look what I did or look what our board did or it, it's that. I think celebrating the right things uh, makes a huge difference. Any other practical advice that you can give us on how to create that momentum and that uh, culture that yeah. you're looking for? I would just say uh, take your vision trim it down into phases Ooh, and find, that. find those wins that are, that are easily accessible. Yeah. They might be a, a little stretch, but they're not impossible. Right. I'll give you an example. Uh, when I first took greater Lansing first yeah. last year, the parking lot was a mess. Yes. Quotes 150,000. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> we didn't have it, right. but we could resurface the main parking lot, patch it, mm-hmm. seal it, right. restripe it for 17. So I went to our board and I said, look, I don't want to just take money and mm-hmm. fix this. I want people to be involved in fixing this. Right. We're going to set 10000 aside and we're going to ask to raise 7000 There you go. And it was a smaller group and, and that was a stretch. Yep. But at the end of the summer last year, when we were able to reach that 7000 and able to redo that parking lot, not only was it an amazing accomplishment, but yeah. it was a noticeable one. Right. Because <laughs> the second you drove into that parking lot, you could see a fresh new parking lot with right. <laughs> new stripes. Right. And that brought momentum. People right. were excited. Hey, we really are doing something, yeah. even though it was small. And we did it together. And we did it together. Yeah. Cam, that's so good. I mean, I I, I have you doing this podcast because I, I, I see the greatness of God, God has put in your heart towards people in your church. What, what advice would you give pastors who find themselves with a vision that's more expensive than their funds available or, or maybe are you in a... As you said, I, I don't really like the term large size and small size churches. I, I think we have different size churches and whatever you're in. But many times we, we might even have pastors who are pastoring 300 person churches that are struggling financially and in deep trouble. No matter where you're at, for pastors who are listening, missionaries and ministry leaders who are listening, uh, what advice would you give them? to keep going, uh, to keep yeah. their spirit. Like they're sitting across the table from you. Pretend I'm, I'm saying, Cam, help me. I'm exhausted. I'm wore out. I feel overwhelmed. What charge can you give them today? 
but God. Yeah. Back to that, right? <laughs> Honestly. Right. Um, but I would, I would, I would encourage this. And this is something that I had to wrestle with for years. Don't be afraid to reach out. Yeah. There are so many resources. Friends. There's friends. Yeah. Pastors yeah. that want to help. Right. Absolutely. I went to, an, I went to a conference and the, the lead pastor said, if you want me to be more involved with you, just call me. Right. And he said, He's, he said he shared that for two years, yeah. and only one person out of each conference yeah. has actually called him on it. Right. And there are so many amazing leaders in our network yeah. that want to help, that sure. want to be there for you. Yeah. Uh, reach out to a pastor that's in, the, that's in the next phase of ministry that's done it well. Wow, yeah. And, and let them put some encouragement into your, yeah. into your ministry. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the things that I've learned to do well, right. and it's helped me so much. It's good. I'm excited. I, I get to come uh, speak at uh, Greater Lansing and celebrate what God is doing. And look forward to Cam, it. I'm celebrating what God's doing in and through your life and through your ministry. I'm excited to see the result of churches like yours that are, are going to have a different future than their current present Amen. and maybe back to even honoring and moving beyond their history. And so um, I just want to encourage you, if you're listening to this today and you're in a season of discouragement or doubt or or questions. I know Cam's available yeah, if you ever absolutely. need to reach out to him. And and certainly we're available as a network. We're trying to do resources and help to come alongside churches in new and creative ways. But I just want to encourage us to re- let that resonate in our heart. That what, what we're hearing today is that you have to just trust God and you have to hear from God. It's not just trusting, but it's, it's you know, in the kingdom and, and Pentecostal circles, we say, you know, spirit filled is the goal. I think it's spirit filled, spirit led and spirit formed. And I think that's what you're saying. Hey, let the Holy Spirit guide you, form you, change you, and lead you on the way. Would you just pray for yeah, pastors who absolutely. are who are in those situations? Pray something for their hearts to be uh, excited today. Char- give us a charge. Give us a prayer yeah. and, uh, and take us out by doing so. Lord Jesus, I thank you for each and every uh, pastor, leader that is listening to this podcast. I just pray right now for your uh, strengthening over them right now, that the Holy Spirit would just fall on us and uh, give us that passion for the vision you've put on our hearts. Lord, I pray for the resources to come. Lord, I pray for the people to come. Yeah. Would, you, would you just grow in us an amazing faith that we can take those steps of faith in our, in our ministries and that it would be encouraging to those around us? Give us wisdom and discernment to know what decisions to make, to know what budgets to set, to know what people to connect with, to know what resources to reach out for. Lord, I pray that that our churches would glorify you. Yeah. Lord, I pray that everything that we'd put our hands to, everything that we speak into would glorify your name because it's all about you, Lord. Lord, we pray for just one more, yeah. just one more lost soul to know Jesus Christ. Let us celebrate that like never before, just like the kingdom does. Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you in advance for what you're going to do in and through our churches here and the Michigan Network. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Cam, thanks for joining us. Thanks for that prayer. Thanks for being my friend. And uh, I'm celebrating what God's doing in and through your ministry. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you for joining the L3 podcast. We pray that it has been beneficial to both you and your ministry. If you would like to know more about the Michigan Ministry Network, please feel free to visit mmn.ag.